gonna try recording reading through aloud stuff that I have composed for this essay. Okay. Pop music helps me not hate living in this country, which is weird because my 34 years in this country to date have included good education, access to opportunities, general prosperity, and a reasonable level of well-being. However, dreams for the future stagnate in any reckoning with the situation. Environmental concerns, the leadership responsible for implementing the will of the people, and the amount of division present in said people. What brings us together on a small scale is culture, the arts, reasons to gather and celebrate, safe and positive chances to learn from one another. The rights laid out in our nation's constitution lay groundwork for that. Freedom of expression, privacy, tolerance for divergent spiritual views. These ideals filtered through mainstream and zeitgeist level creative output bring us to the point of a desire to connect. But actually making it happen? Why that is forever up to the individual. So I choose to revel in this essay in my somewhat bashful enjoyment of Katy Perry, as silly as it seems for me to do. I like much more highbrow as well as some punk, sophisticated and common tastes mingle in my palate, yet I continue going back to the stuff that radio favors for the very reason of its broader appeal. I don't want to end up to wind up in an ivory tower. I don't love isolation. I just need space from time to time. And it's enough for me to be able to put on headphones or pop in earbuds and take a walk listening to playlists of my own curation. My message is one of a push to the average person living in America today to release more shame and guilt about how cool one is, how hip, trendy, with it, and simply be the dorky person you are. Once we're done laughing at such juvenile penchants, we might be able to join forces to advocate for actual important actions those in power need to know we want them to take. I'm most divided from my immediate family members due to issues and segmented media driving us into enemy factions. Yet it still feels possible we might all enjoy a Katy Perry concert together. That's something valuable. Whatever it is about her work is worth holding up with reverence and gratitude. It's worth noting that Katy Perry herself was raised by a couple of weirdos, pastors in some kind of evangelical religion, maybe. I need to fact check that and get some solid information so that I'm not extrapolating hearsay stuff I've accumulated. So that is a note to self. Um, but it's worth noting that her self-liberation 
It's worth noting that her self-liberation from this upbringing to arrive at personal truths she finds it possible to communicate through art is a good model for any of us who identify with a restrictive, sheltering, or stifling youth in communities whose values perhaps didn't correspond to our way of seeing the world and finding our own right path in it. As a nation, I think this is the experience of many of us. It's easy to stay immature and unhappy in this setup with parents who love us a lot, but not enough to let us go truly so as to be our own people doing our best in our own way. For me, this means orienting my life around things I've been blessed to learn about. The exploitative labor practices and land and resource theft achieved through violence and oppression that underpins the ideals of this nation. I can't pretend it's not true, although these facts are uncomfortable to my parents who don't know how to not take it personally that they weren't considering these things when making sacrifices to raise me well. Hence, this deep division and sadness and resentment where we should be grateful, we even have another day to try to make it right. My own perfectionism is a reflection of this national sadness. So I'm gonna do my best by this essay, but let it be whatever it turns out to be too. It might not flow or be that cohesive ultimately. Writing, writing for me constitutes exercise of my rights to freedom of expression, privacy, and spiritual belief in nature, patterns, deriving rituals from the moon's movements, the seasons, the birds' behaviors. Yet thus far in my life, my penchant for writing has only served to underscore my separation from those I should remain closest with. I get lost in words and, and hide there, I think, and some of the moments necessary of staying strong in presence and interacting with other people is a, a, a huge difficult thing for me because I'd much rather retreat to the safety of words rather than be able to act in the moment to assert my truth. It's, I think it's hard because my whatever whatever I know about life is kind of big and complex and I haven't I, I struggle to find a way to simplify it. So writing is an effort that I undertake with some amount of discipline to try and get my thoughts to be more easily conveyed in the moment with interacting with people. This is just a personal struggle. Also why I look up to artists like Katy Perry that I think have done a lot of the hard work of finding ways to articulate and express complex things and I, I like art that does that um, that I feel is somehow involving talent and ability with some amount of risk taking and courage in saying difficult things to a, in, in public to be held accountable to those things that we express
This is because our systems, I don't know what I'm talking about here, but I'm going back to my writing. This is because our systems, the one I must work within to sustain my own existence themselves, our systems themselves, reinforce division and sow enmity among us because they were created by privileged people in denial of the ethical implications of said privilege and social media channels allowing us to filter our reality down to simply verify and validate our view on life in dopamine addiction loops were the ultimate individualistic invention formulated by the greatest and most privileged minds to come out of our nation's prosperity and opportunity. Female pop stars reinventing themselves out of pure fun, delight, inspiration, creativity, and the desire to connect are so redemptive of this. But there's a pressure on them as individuals, which will ultimately break them down or render them, render them artistically obsolete, which is sad to see, like the aging process superimposed upon godlike entities elevated by fame and fortune to larger-than-life size. There's a sadness, a wistfulness natural to humans housed there in witnessing that. But I argue it's misplaced because this sorrowful emotion, like all emotions, is ultimately energy. I'd like to somehow guide its rechanneling into the gratitude that truly holds the power to affect change in reducing suffering. Can we be grateful for Katy Perry even when she stops making music and instead just posts videos to social media of herself farting, pooping, being human? This is part of my own future projecting. I'd like to imagine a future where a woman who achieved heights of success via hypersexualization early in her career might be permitted to age normally because of what that would reflect about our culture, its growth to encompass greater capacities for humanity and understanding. Because it's actually the active principle, yang, we revere in female megastars, for contrast is beautiful. All they accomplish despite being so hampered by their femininity. It is a marvel to behold, similar to the one we imagined of founding fathers, that they were actually enacting yin enough to structure a society based in decision-making for the good of the whole. They perhaps were in the principle and ideal, but the physical reality of their position as hegemons means that now carrying forward the essences of those ideals is going to mean transformation for the beauty of harmony to continue forward. Wow, I have lost myself here. I grow a bit abstruse with these ideas now because it is a big complex thought I straddle. But my essential question is this, why do I, a smart, loving, capable woman, find myself so frequently in need of restorative time tuning out of reality and into my pop-heavy playlists to remember the ideals I hope to live? Remaining with the moment will be easier for all of us if we take a collective look at what we're working with and choose to increase diversity in government, choose to hear self-advocacy of the liberated, not as threats to our privilege, but as joyous heralds of a better, more holy, harmonious society. To rebalance, we need to consciously choose to listen to those historically silenced voices, provide reparations for the economically disadvantaged, permit greater latitudes of self-determination all the time. The progressive agenda, in essence, is the only morally sound, 
though so many conservatives continue arguing otherwise instead of shutting up in acknowledgement of how little listening they've done in their lives. It's kind of mean what I am saying here. It's kind of mean. I would love to know at this point, if anyone has listened thus far, which of these ideals especially sparkle for you, which things feel strong and true and empowering. I continue. Parental brokenness finds its way to expression through children where parents themselves don't take on the creative responsibility to pursue their own healing. In a patriarchal, misogynistic nation, dreaming of a better life in the next because of religious traditions implied by our holidays and cultural norms, though supposedly separate from our government, we grow up in this country craving the luxury of behaving like children orienting towards life, expecting our continuing growth and learning, ability to experience new things first times, but also alongside the dis- this discounting our own autonomy since it's perceived to be out there, beyond, a one-day permission to do as we like all the time. And in the here and now, knowing that we have to grumble against those in power while sim- simultaneously expecting them to provide the basics we need and consolation through times of fear. This duality, the vacillation between freely following our curiosity and retreating into the solace and comfort of company constitutes whole humanness. Once accepted, this push-pull of the self supplies the tension that drives good communication and great art. It's remarkable when women achieve it, especially in the public eye, because of how many hurdles exist to discourage this sort of self-awareness coupled with agency and self-advocacy. So I'm remarking, well done, Katy Perry. Some of Katy Perry's work now involves her own motherhood as she expands outward into cosmic considerations to allow room for this within the scope of her larger creative personhood. I think that's important and admirable. Now, the pure organic affinity groups resulting from fans of megastars like Katy Perry, in her case calling themselves Katy Cats, innocently sharing delight in her artistry, approximate the sort of heavenly inclusive afterlife Christianity imagines the reward of its followers, recompensing their fortitude through strife and adherence to dogmatic principles on the earthly plane. Ego dissipates while we forget ourselves, lost in moments of awe and wonder at the spectacle of a well-orchestrated live show in the company of others enjoying the same thing at the same time. Or even through lush soundscapes produced by collaborative studio processes and various contributors on each album and song for recorded music that transports us. Through the experience of being fans of a major mainstream pop artist and subsequent interactions, 
we learn more about the varying particulars that especially speak to us and discover anew the surprising number of differences between individuals within a capacity for a collective endorsement of something. In short, underscoring the expansiveness of love and the power of art. Wilderness can have a similar effect. Hiking trips or national parks explorations may forge kindred bonds and elicit spirituality among, among partakers. Though we might only shyly admit to the sub sublime sensations of experiencing raw nature, wary of how commandeered the concept of ecstasy has been by institutionalized religions originating and banding together out of hardship or persecution in many instances. But Katie cats, like bronies, came together not out of a necessity bridging gaps for the purpose of survival like religious groups often did, did, but out of desire for greater closeness with one's already close, already considered kin. And their arguments over hierarchical rankings of songs, albums, looks, or videos boil down to opinions that can never really drive people apart because when it starts to get personal, we realize it ends there too. Preferences, aesthetics are, for, are forever personal. Unlike politics, where issues stand in for fears we disdain to communicate, so things get heated as both sides avoid telling the whole story and party lines harden all the time. But in the face of existential crises that will not care which side you took if both hold one another in stalemate, it's time for politicians to grow their creativity so as to foster communities the, where, the way pop stars seem to do effortlessly by just being, by just being well inspiring as fuck ever-changing, constantly reinventing themselves, and exercising their rights in the public eye, however risky this may feel, since fans begin to inevitably feel ownership over their favorite artists as a byproduct product of investment in their work. Whether or not they ever consciously defined what they desired the return on that investment to be. Similarly, it's time for huge artists to lean harder and harder into that integrity and honesty with impunity, to grow and change as humans are bound to, as social media's equalizing effects and home broadcasts of concerts during quarantine showed us. Stars, they're just like us. I'm really going on and on and on here. What else have I got? Um, Katy, Perry, Katy Perry counts as mainstream, I think. If you can hear her music in public settings like a Target shopping trip or in a waiting room of a basic place like a hotel lobby or dentist office. So the subliminal messaging of her songs being subtle enough to be something permissible in inoffensive settings is also why her music possesses that power to bring together disparate, divided people. It's grounding, in fact, to hear this sort of music. To reawaken to the fact that one's personal tastes the abstruse bands and indie artists and groups for which we have nostalgia are exactly that, and that everyone is entitled to that individuality of taste. As rights to the many lifestyles each person should be entitled to choose from get litigated by moralizing politicians, it's helpful for us to remember that these things, the ability to conveniently purchase affordable goods to live on, to tend to our health, to experience different locations than our home base, are stuff many of us enjoy even terrible bigots. We'll never win the right, we'll never win the fight to assert what is right and codify it into the systems that orchestrate our harmonious living in society if we forget the basic, simple humanity of our opponents. It's good common ground to find, 
and in Katy Perry's music, admittedly not the most sophisticated, lyrically compelling, or musically exquisite, I find a reminder of this. It jives with my growing up in middle-class Midwestern suburbia. We've learned to tolerate beige things, gray area, and incomplete satisfaction, even if we got the hell out of there and into more dynamic environments. A lot of America turned into these awful places divorced from reality, and the self-exiled can leverage our training living in that limbo to help navigate the interpersonal realms that are similarly, similarly unpleasant and dull but nevertheless a part of the whole. I would not blame anyone for not knowing what the fuck I'm talking about right there. I think I'm saying that living in suburbia is so boring that if you made it out of there alive and moved somewhere that you like better, you have that memory of tolerating extreme ennui. And we've had to find ways in suburbia to still feel alive and still dream of things. And if that's getting together with friends, enjoying music, going to the city, doing drugs, that's kind of what I think we all found. And we should rally around those things, I guess, and use them to drive uh, the bridging of divisions where necessary to accomplish things that reduce suffering. Katy Perry is the epitome of compromise sorry like this is an essay about Katy Perry because I like her but there's yeah she's not she's 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 the epitome of compromise however that makes you feel maybe because the dream she set out to live was one of being more an Alanis Morissette type not a hypersexualized pop star of course some work um, of course some would look at her life and deem it blessed beyond measure but the greatest boon is to live one's truth so if she has further to go before that become a reality that's why i think her music is useful to the present moment we have at hand of stalemates and standstills in american government's ability to get important things done that reduce suffering two notes here to myself one i have to check whether or not it's at all a legitimate assumption again that she wanted to get into music being like an Alanis Morissette type. That's another thing that I think I picked up somewhere. It may or may not be true. I need a fact check. Another thing is all this blathering I'm doing about reducing suffering kind of flies in the face of Buddhist principles of just like there will always be suffering and maybe me trying to reduce it, avoid it, whatever is, is just my ego drive of the moment, but that's where I'm at and I'm sorry. The American dream is a fallacy because we find a lot of worthwhile living along the way, whether the propelling fantasies we have for ourselves ever come to be. As we learn what we do wrong and correct it, progress, not perfection, becomes the ethic serving us as individuals. And it's time our institutions and systems come to reflect that, i.e. literalist interpretations of a constitution written centuries ago by slave owners for a body of citizens that excluded so many of the present day's equal humans as seen under the law, if not yet in practice, are a perfectionist approach that has no place in modern politics. Mm, still blathering on. Um, the gist is that I think in the United States, citizens too 
ideologically divided may only be able to find common ground in transportive cultural experiences. So investment in these areas on an individual and collective basis, i.e. funding and celebrating, supporting and patronizing the arts, promises healing necessary to come together for tackling existential challenges. As far as deciding which artists deserve it most, since we can't simply pour all our coin into all of them, I think mainstream accessibility and a humanitarian character to an artist's work may merit merit money to sustain their efforts, and in Katy Perry's inquisitive, inclusive explorations of sexuality, sexuality, spirituality, creativity, and self-reinvention, while still topping the pop charts as she has long done, seem to warrant due recognition. Her concerts of such spectacles, such colossal events, and now a Las Vegas residency, that the convergence of people all across the political spectrum is bound to occur at them, and her songs get played sport game, sports games and drag shows alike. I hope that's all I wrote so far, because that's so much. Okay, so I've recorded this now. It's fucking 25 minutes long. I guess it's a solid podcast length, so maybe I'll reduce it or release it. And um, I would appreciate if anyone who listens can provide any fact-checking services to me. If you know if stuff that I have blathered is wrong or needs, needs correction, that would be helpful. And again, if there are particularly strong points or particularly confusing things in this, please let me know because I am trying to learn how to write again, want to formulate this into a piece, want to submit the piece for a contest that is coming up very soon, deadline-wise, and want to win a prize of money from it. That is my American dream. And baby, you're a firework. Baby, you're a firework. Baby, you're a firework. Baby, you're a firework.